Well, the Xbox Activision deal has been approved, and while we wait to see what happens in the immediate and near future, I have more pressing questions. Is this just the beginning? Are we looking at a buying battle between other big companies and when you actually look at the size of the gaming content that xbox now owns as a platform what will the response be of some of the major players in the market beyond that xbox as a gaming platform will now have no excuse for dry spells bad launches or failed projects they will have more gaming content than any other gaming platform and that means many people will want to know what will the cadence of really big launches be what will the quality be going forward now that you own so much of the gaming market will this mountain of franchises put them into a much better position now i put all the good info here right here at the beginning so that you don't have to go looking for it it's a longer video because it's a live stream so once i'm done with the opening monologue i discuss it with the live audience if you like this kind of content hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't have to miss out So with the Xbox Activision deal closing, many are wondering, is this just the beginning? Does Microsoft have more acquisitions in mind? Will other companies start to feel like this is a consolidation battle and they should start buying up as well? Will Xbox finally be in a position to no longer have excuses made for their lack of growth in gaming and for their lack of strength or a strong foothold? So first, I want to recap what happened. I discussed this with my friend 30 and Still Gaming the day that Xbox announced it in the wake of the CMA's approval, but I wanted the opportunity to just walk through what happened and give some of my own thoughts. Secondly, I want to speculate about the impending consolidation fight that we may be facing. We've already heard about Disney and EA, but there are a lot of big players who may feel emboldened by the recent Xbox Activision deal getting approved. Lastly, I want to say two things. First, Be consistent. Many cheered for this deal, and like, hopefully, I guess cheering for acquisitions is something that stops, but many did cheer for this deal because, you know, many more are likely on the way. So I guess get used to cheering for consolidation. Be consistent. If this deal is great for consumers, then so should other deals. Secondly, Xbox now has no excuse. I'm going to give you a great visual to look at to show you just how massive the Xbox Studio lineup just became. There will be the, I think there will be the only gaming platform to own this much content for the foreseeable future. So holding them to a high standard, I believe, is fair. So first, let's just recap what happened. So the CMA has finally approved the Xbox Activision deal. Aside from the FTC's failed attempts to get a preliminary injunction, the CMA was seemingly the only remaining hurdle for the massive acquisition. And the interesting aspect that many miss in the coverage and summaries was that the CMA provisionally approved all the aspects of the deal with respect to consoles. It was the cloud gaming that they blocked over. Well, in the wake of Microsoft winning against the FTC, they made it clear they were willing to work with the CMA on a solution. And what was the solution? Well, they sold the cloud gaming rights to Ubisoft in the UK. The CMA's main concern was not that Xbox had a massive foothold in cloud gaming, but that cloud gaming was just sort of getting started and they wanted it to grow without global scale regulation, which they felt would be required. Apparently, selling the rights to Ubisoft has done the trick. Now, the Activision games that will be streamed in that region will be streamed on Ubisoft Plus per 
Ubi's own announcement. Ubisoft can also grant rights to other cloud services according to some of the wording, and any company that wants rights will have them granted to them. The most pressing point of interest is when and how Call of Duty lands on Game Pass. At least that's what I see most gamers being interested in. Like, they're not really going to be concerned about much else. It's like, hey, when's Call of Duty coming to Game Pass? I would imagine that 2024 will be a rollout year. This will not be something that they just flip a switch and all of a sudden it's all there. They will slowly be adding classic Call of Duty titles to Game Pass each month. I could even see them trying to do that this final quarter of 2023 just to get things started and have it be sort of celebratory in the wake of the approval. But there is speculation that Microsoft will not add Call of Duty to Game Pass day and date for a few years. I even saw some clips just this morning. Tom Warren from The Verge echoed a lot of what I said, that this is not going to be an immediate thing. This could be a slow rollout. Many people aren't expecting it to be that. They think, oh, everything's going to come right away. They're trying to temper those expectations. This will be a slower process. And this is where I'm torn, because I could see it going either way. On one hand, their ability to flood Game Pass next year may remove the need to do day and date with Call of Duty. There would likely be no contractual barriers after I'm thinking March or April of 2024. It's understood that currently PlayStation's Call of Duty contract ends in 2024 presumably in the first quarter now on the other hand i see call of duty as just too valuable to not use as leverage for game pass microsoft spent an awful lot of money to not utilize the most well-known franchises in the catalog but somebody brought up a great point in my comments on youtube about this very thing they commented on my discussion with 30 and still gaming All the research and data and statistics that we got to see during the merger trials and the regulatory investigations, it really gave us an insight into how Call of Duty players engage. For many of them, this is the only game that they play. They buy Call of Duty and they just play that for months, if not the entire year. To those customers, Game Pass would not be a good deal to get Call of Duty. $11 a month for standard Game Pass is $132 a year. Ultimate Game Pass is $17 a month, which is $204 a year. So somebody looking at buying Call of Duty for $60 or $70 and then primarily playing that all year, they would actually spend less money by buying the game at full price. There are certainly some customers who would use Game Pass to play the latest Call of Duty campaign and then just cancel Game Pass because that's all they're interested in, but that doesn't help grow the Game Pass user base. The more hardcore Call of Duty fans, they typically buy COD and that's basically all they play. $130 to $200 a year isn't a great deal versus just buying Call of Duty at full price once a year. In other words, Call of Duty going on Game Pass day and date is great for existing Game Pass subscribers, but the entrenched Call of Duty consumer base, I don't think it's going to be a compelling offer. So for now, we can say Xbox owns a lot, and what they plan to do with it is currently a mystery, but I have a feeling that Game Pass is about to get very, very full. And with this sudden growth of Xbox, will this lead to a consolidation battle? That's the other question that people are asking. Now that Xbox owns Activision Blizzard, the million dollar or billion dollar question is, will this lead to more acquisitions? And the first way to look at this is from Xbox's perspective. 
Do they now own enough property to get the foothold they have lacked all these years? Will the sheer oversight and management of ABK be enough to keep them busy for the foreseeable future? Or will this be a runway lights are now turned on moment for them? You know, After acquiring such a big target, will they now go after smaller publishers and studios and just keep gobbling up the market. The findings from the FTC hearing showed that they had considered a lot of different studios and publishers for acquisition. Many continue to speculate even now that they want Sega. Phil Spencer admitted that getting a better presence in the Asian market was pivotal to their long-term success. Activision Blizzard property may help with that, but so could existing companies and games that are already doing well in that region and with that consumer base. But another way to look at this would be thinking about what the other big companies might start doing. According to GameIndustry.biz, Disney reportedly looked to acquire a major publisher like EA. And in their article, this is what GameIndustry.biz said. Disney is reportedly looking to acquire Electronic Arts or a company of similar scale as a way back into games publishing. Interestingly enough, the same people who cheered for the Xbox Activision deal, they think this is a terrible idea. Well, I have one thing to say to you. Get used to it. If Microsoft can throw around a war chest of spending to simply buy their way into a stronger gaming position, then so can every other company with a similar-sized war chest. Don't believe me? Well, according to the same article, EA has already spoken with Disney, but not just Disney. This is from the article. EA reportedly discussed acquisition plans with Disney last year. The publisher who allegedly talked with NBC, Universal, Amazon, and Apple. So the publisher, EA, allegedly spoke with NBC Universal, Amazon, and Apple. Okay, this is what many of us were afraid of. Amazon, Apple, Tencent, and others, they see the Activision Blizzard King deal with Microsoft as the starter pistol. Anything smaller than this deal should be fairly easy to get through the regulators, especially considering Xbox pulled it off as a gaming platform with competitors who depend on the very games that they bought. Like, really think about that. Xbox is actively competing with PlayStation and bought property that benefits PlayStation, and they're in competition with each other. Disney, Amazon, Apple, all these other massive corporations, they don't have a gaming platform. They're not competing with PlayStation, Nintendo, or Xbox. They would likely just serve as large publishing entities that would own tons and tons of property. So their attempts to buy into gaming and the gaming economy will likely be met with little to no pushback from the regulators. They just let Microsoft do a $69 billion acquisition and they are a gaming platform already competing. In my estimation, the regulatory bodies failed to see the litany of problems with letting a gaming platform and a gaming storefront buy this much property. And given their failure to see those aspects, I don't expect them to push back on any big non-gaming companies trying to do this, trying to further consolidate the market furthering concerns about what consolidation at this scale can do embracer group was recently in the headlines and to a degree that situation's ongoing it's not even completed itself yet they are currently working their way through a round of layoffs in the wake of losing a deal that would have been worth billions for them 
And the first order of business when you own that many studios is, well, you start laying off and closing studios to protect your profit margins by lowering your operating costs. They recently even said they're open to selling studios off while confirming that more studio closures are likely on the way. And it stands to reason that any of those studios that they potentially sell will go through their own layoffs once sold. It's very common for a merger or an acquisition to lead to layoffs. It's a quick way to lower your costs on the newly acquired assets to help set a trajectory of ROI. So, we have two cautionary tales in front of us. One is Embracer Group, who according to their own site, they have 139 internal game development studios, and they have more than 16,000 employees in more than 40 countries. Well, when you gobble up this many studios, and you have this many employees, the slightest amount of turbulence and profit disruption, well, that's easily rectified. With a few pen flicks, they can lower their annual cost by millions, if not billions. It wouldn't surprise me at all if we see similar behavior from Microsoft in the coming years with ABK Studios. But the other cautionary tale feels more like a caution sign. It seems as those major players are out there gearing up for a buying war. From where I sit, that is actually very dangerous. From where I sit, the bigger the spenders, the bigger the spenders entering, they will be the ones that win and, well, the consumers will lose. Which is why I wanted to end my monologue by saying that you should be consistent and that Xbox now has no excuse. The two things that I want to say to everybody who supported and cheered for the Xbox Activision deal is this. First, be consistent. And second, Xbox now has no excuse. So first, be consistent. I have said from the very beginning that this level of consolidation is historically bad for the consumer. I would typically be told that, well, if it were Sony, then you would be okay with it because they assume that I think everything Sony does is great. Well, this is simply untrue. When the idea was floating around that Sony would buy Take-Two, which that's basically financially impossible from where I sit, but the idea was floating around and it was bad enough for me to do a show. And I said no this would be bad. I have been very consistent. The reason I've been consistent is because I look beyond Xbox and I see Microsoft. And I don't like Microsoft. I wouldn't want Amazon or Google or any player that size doing this to the gaming market. And it is worse in this situation because Xbox is a platform and not just some outside conglomerate looking to make some money in video games. So those who spent the better part of 2023 cheering for this deal, criticizing the FTC, criticizing the CMA, well, be consistent. It's open season now. Any company with a fat wallet can spend it. That's the logic that got us here. Microsoft has deep pockets. Let them compete. This is things that people said. If that's all that is required, then the the actual traffic light on acquisition has turned green and big spenders will enter the picture. So let's take the recent insight into Disney wanting to buy EA. They were looking at getting into this. They want to buy somebody the size of EA and many of the Xbox Activision deal cheerleaders were decrying this and saying that it would be bad for Disney to buy EA. Well, why? I know why I would be against it, but why would consumers who were so pro-consolidation when Microsoft did it, why would they suddenly be against this? Now, a common pushback I get in my comments or my live chats this year was, well, Sony buys companies and you don't care. PlayStation currently has 19 studios, 20 if you count Bungie. Virtually all of their purchases were studios of smaller size that they were already working with. And that's just it. They were just studios. 
They were not publishers. They were not a huge collection of studios. Single, smaller size studios that they already had a working relationship with. So a picture is worth a thousand words. And this one is worth $69 billion. This is what Xbox now owns. PlayStation has 19 studios. That's it, right? They don't own a publisher. Nintendo currently only has seven to eight first-party studios, and two of those studios are purely support role dev work, not creation. So the two market leaders, PlayStation and Nintendo, have a literal fraction of the money and now a fraction of the studios that Microsoft now owns. And this leads to my final point. Xbox now has no excuse. They already had more studios than PlayStation prior to this, which made the whole let them compete argumentation laughable. But now, I don't want to hear a single excuse from anyone. A delayed game? Why? A failed game? A buggy launch? Missing features? Missing content? That's all inexcusable now. They have more bandwidth, more manpower, than any other gaming platform in existence. Xbox took the content war into overdrive. They have enough content, enough franchises, enough developers. They should never have a dry season. That should never happen on their platform ever again. Why would there be a dry season? Why would you have a bad game launch? Why? What would the excuse be this time? This is where the rubber meets the road. Sony and Nintendo have managed to get where they are with less studios and less money. Now Xbox has more of both by an insane margin. They have more money and more studios than any gaming platform in history. The real rub of this situation is they've already got most of their rabid fans defending games like Starfield and Forza Motorsport as if they are award-winning. Middling scores for Starfield are hand-waved and explained away with conspiracies. The army it would take to sway the score of Starfield on Steam with 68,000 reviews is mathematically insurmountable. And the way the score has landed in the exact same average is uncanny. Look this up yourself. Currently, Starfield has a 72% on Steam with 68,000 reviews. And it currently has a 3.6 out of 5 if you go to the Xbox Store website where there are 20,000 reviews. Well, 3.6 out of 5 is 72%. So it has a 72% on Steam and a 72% on Xbox. But we're told this is because it's a bad port or because it's being review bombed. How do you get the exact same score on both platforms if it's a bad port or if it's being review bombed. The absolute massive army and and work that people would have to do, knowing that Steam actively works against review bombing and removes scores from the total if they detect that's going on, and is Xbox allowing their own title to be review bombed in their own store? That seems ludicrous. It's a 72% game because it's a 72% game. Forza Motorsport has a 41% on Steam with 2,000 reviews. I went to the actual Xbox on my couch, turned it on, and went to the Forza Motorsport to see what the score would be. I've been told that, well, if you go to the Xbox store on on the browser, it's including PC, and the PC is worse because of the Xbox store or whatever. Like, that's a great endorsement for Xbox anyway. But Forza Motorsport has a 58% on Xbox, but it's still defended. 
I'm, I'm called a hater for simply pointing out these scores. If Forza Motorsport and Starfield are banner titles, award-winning titles in the eyes of the Xbox loyal, then Xbox has created a perfect ecosystem and consumer base for mediocrity. But given their size and how much they now own, I am holding them to a high standard. The cadence and quality of games should improve with this much power. But given what the most faithful fans are willing to accept and defend, I won't hold my breath on the quality part. They're probably going to stress quantity over everything. From where I sit, the content war has been going on for a while, but Microsoft just shifted a lot of power and weight to their side of the board. And the question is, what will they do with it? So here are my thoughts and my conclusion on this. It's clear to me that many haven't really come to grips with just how big this deal is. I think this image just captures the absolute mountain that they now sit upon. There's so much content, so many studios, so many franchises. For many people, this was a fun spectacle, a thrilling debate, a way to score points on Twitter. You know, something just to argue about to pass the time. But when you actually zoom out on just how much Xbox now owns, it is pretty impressive. And I know folks will point to Tencent or other big conglomerates. The difference here is that Xbox is a gaming platform. Tencent is not. Even Amazon and Google don't have gaming platforms if they start deciding to spend money. The second thing I want to say is I'm already seeing speculation that they will shift into a more publisher role. Given the size and the amount of profit that they're going to need to generate, I get why people are saying this. I also saw the clips of Tom Warren echoing similar thoughts that I had. This is going to be a slow rollout. It'll take a while for this to impact Game Pass in the way that many are hoping for. But I am not compelled that Microsoft is heading towards acting like a publisher. My view is that they are going to loss lead for decades to become the biggest, largest, most unified gaming ecosystem. Console, PC, mobile, cloud, TVs, all of it. And they're going to loss lead their way to dominance and they're just going to spend money as much as possible to get there because they anticipate that being the future that gives them the relevance that they need. My conclusion is this. The best thing to come out of this deal is what I already said. Xbox now has no excuse. If they don't deliver excellence, if they don't deliver quality, if they don't, if they, if they fail to del- deliver on cadence, well, I don't want to hear any excuses, okay? I have an Xbox Series X, so if they nail it, if they start cranking out great titles, next-gen titles, titles that show off the power of the Series X like I was promised, then I benefit from that. I'm not a one-system person. I game everywhere. I go where the games are. So if this results in Microsoft suddenly just absolutely dominating with quality and with cadence, and they become undeniable, they become a force as opposed to just mediocrity splashing against the wall of a subscription cadence, well, then I'll be happy if we actually start to get the quality. If $69 billion and a historic acquisition is not enough to put Xbox into a stronger position, then there is no hope for them in gaming. If this brute force, mass spending move does not bring Xbox to higher levels of quality and cadence, then we all lose. And that's the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here this morning. Those are my thoughts on how this is just 
the beginning. Uh, they're just getting started. I think there's going to be more people spending more acquisitions on the way. I don't know if Microsoft has their own plans for more acquisition because the issue would be they've got a lot to focus on right now. They, they got a lot of work ahead of them. Uh, folding Blizzard Activision titles into Game Pass and into their funnels and into their cadence and management and oversight. I mean, they, they've got a lot to manage already. So I don't know if that's what's going to be the result from this, but I do think this is likely just the beginning that we will see some major, major players enter into what feels like will become a buying war. Let me make sure and thank some fans funding here on my on my on my page. Let's go here and get the daily goal up. We got two gifted members already. The first one comes in from the bright side. Han shot first and so did you. Thank you so much. But then Alex Witter and DK Bayer each gift a single member and they take us to three. We have adjusted the goals a little bit because this month has been a little bit different than past months. So what we have done is we have made it a little bit easier for you, okay? Right now we have 2,100 members. We need 2,500 for Fright Night. We will do that, I believe, this week. We'll play a scary game. Maybe we'll do it more than one week because my wife and I sometimes like to play those games that take multiple, multiple weeks. Uh, And thank you so much, DK Baker. What's this tweet here? From Bethesda, Pete Hines, head of publishing at Bethesda, has announced his decision to retire. Oh my gosh. Is anybody surprised after what he had said? Is anybody surprised? You know, a 10 bomb from Parasito. He says, we can easily get 2,500 members. Thank you so much, Parasito. That's not surprising at all. Like, I'm not shocked. Why would Pete Hines want to stay there? He was clearly unhappy. He was like, he does he did not like the the way that their property was being treated. He didn't like how the whole thing went down. You could tell from his one email. He was like, we were told our stuff was gonna be exclusive. Yeah, we will do a Spider-Man 2 review roundup tomorrow, guys. I know when embargoes drop like that, it's exciting. There's literally no way for me to, to, to do a show on that right now. You guys are going to have to be patient with me. I never pivot like that. It's almost impossible. I put a lot of work. I, I wrote most of that monologue yesterday. Probably 90% of that monologue was written yesterday afternoon. So, um, What did he say? It, it He just decided to retire. His public presence was only a small part of, you know, it's Puff. Uh, His public presence was only a small part of his role at Bethesda, although the way he represented us carried over into the values he nurtured here, authentically, integrity, uh, authenticity, integrity, and passion. His contributions have been integral in building Bethesda and his family of studios into the world-class organization that it is today. His vision helped push us forward, and his hard work inspired us. Thankful for 24 years of leadership. We'll miss you, Pete. There you go. And another gifted member comes in from Joker Quinn. And another gifted member comes in from Patrick Q. Patrick Q with the layup. Such a nice score right there. Such an easy one. Putting it in so simply. And a 10 bomb could bring us home to 25. Tempting the big boys. I am not surprised at all that Pete Hines... I mean, that's that's like... That's a very, very... 
you know, predictable thing. I think when you looked at his emails, I think when you looked at, you know, the, the way he was responding to, you know, even the way he responded to inquiries about Starfield, you could tell the dude was ticked off, right? I, I don't, it does not surprise me at all. I, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't. It, I, I, I actually am impressed he stayed as long as he did. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you would have left right before Starfield hit, that would have sent, like, a pretty loud and clear message that, like, he wasn't happy and didn't want to stay there. That would be one of the biggest things, I think, that could come from this. Right on topic. Aaron Wright with 10 months says, What up, Reforge? Keep up the good work. Thank you. R- right in line with what we're talking about, right? The, the, the Xbox Activision deal closes. I mean, the loss of talent, could you could result in the exact same thing. You could have the exact same type of scenario happen where... You have a bunch of talent leave, a bunch of management left. Like Activision already had that happen leading up to the acquisition. A bunch of them left. Right? Be interesting to see the Exodus on ABK side. That's what I'm saying. Like I I could definitely see more Exodus of talent. And that's obviously not good for management. That's not good for your companies. Like losing Pete Hines doesn't feel like a big deal right now because they don't have anything about to launch. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, I mean, it, the Elder Scrolls is coming out in like a year or something. Two spot from P-Dub, H-Town says the mass exodus from Xbox begins. Alex with 13 months. While I do enjoy Starfield, I see what it could have been, and it isn't. So Pete Hines wrote a little letter here. He wrote a little letter on Twitter, and he says, I've decided my time Bethesda Softworks has come to an end. I'm retiring and will begin an exciting new chapter of my life, exploring interests and passions, doting my time where I can, and taking more time to enjoy life. This is not a decision I came to easily or quickly, but after an amazing career culminating in the incredible launch of Starfield, it feels like the time is right. There is certainly not goodbye by any means. My love for Bethesda and its people has never wavered, and I will never stop being part of this incredible community we have grown. Thank you for the hundreds of thousands of fans I've gotten to meet and talk to over the last 24 years. Your energy, creativity, and support has been a big part of my journey. I look forward to experiencing the next part of the adventure alongside you. Working with the amazing people, teams, and studios at Bethesda has been the greatest experience of my life. I'm incredibly proud of everything we've done together, and I'm genuinely excited to see the amazing things they create next. Love you guys, Pete. Yeah, I mean, he's talking to Bethesda. He's, he's you know, and he's retiring. He's not going somewhere else. So, you know, it's not like he's taking a better a better job or, you know, somebody came in and headhunted him. He's done. He's like, that's enough. I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Anytime you buy a company, you don't need two HR teams, two CFOs, and others. It seems Phil is only going to use his team as upper management very normal. I believe that Activision will function pretty independently for a while at least. I've, I've, I've had other people speculate that, but then there were clips floating around of Tom Warren. He seems to think the same thing, that there's not going to be this immediate takeover where like, Phil Spencer kicks in the door and is like, you know... Can, you know, oh yeah, every, everything's us. Everything's us now. You you answer to us. I think they're going to let them operate independently for a while. I think the mayhem comes in. Mayhem drops a 20 bomb on the chat and screams past the goal and takes us to 35. Also being the agent of chaos and pushing us to the next 
potential goal, a 20 gifted member bomb. If you get a gifted member from somebody in this amazing community, be sure to say thank you. Parasito with the 10 bomb and now Mayhem with the 20 bomb. We should be able to hit Fright Night, no problem. 2,500 will be easy to hit at this rate. If you feel like paying it forward, you got a gifted member and you're like, man, I could definitely pay it forward, then gift a member to somebody else. It's Pete Hines, the PR and marketing guy. It was clear as day to me that Pete Hines was not happy after the acquisition. So, listen, that's common. I mean, nobody likes to get get bought. Nobody likes to get bought out. Nobody likes likes to get purchased. My dad's company went through it. My dad's retired now. But at the time, you know, a lot of people leave. A lot of people leave. They're like, we don't want anything to do with this. They just walk, you know? And this is why when, um, you know, Bungie was purchased by PlayStation, PlayStation spent like what? Like an extra, what they spend? An extra million just to keep people? They, like, they didn't want people to quit? It was something like that, wasn't it? DK Baker with a single and a 10 bomb comes in from Alex. You guys are bringing the heat. We have not had a member train like this in a while and you guys are wasting no time Pushing that number back up to greatness. Thank you so much, Alex and DK Baker. And another one comes in from Joker Quinn and takes us to 47. I, it just, it's, it's, what does membership do? So let me show you. So membership gets you a badge, emotes. We do a daily recap stream just for members. We do a Friday night stream with my wife and you get access to our members only discord. Okay. Those are all the things you get with memberships now there's higher tiers we go after we do our daily recap and debrief with members i do something called the writer's room where i plan the next day and you got to be member plus or higher for that that's only a dollar more but that's just a way we kind of want to get people out of the gifted member pool to pick up their own membership so we offer a now brand new extra segment at the end of every day where we plan the next day you get to be part of the writer's room and then every uh, Friday, we do something for VIP as well. Isn't Pete uh, wins the basis for Fallout Boy? Yeah, did somebody put the wrong name? Yeah, Pete Hines has retired from Bethesda. A five bomb comes in from Rockin' Robin and pushes us past the goal. That's exactly the way to do it. Rockin' Robin with the five bomb agents of chaos. And that takes us to 52. Thank you so, so much. And a single comes in from Odon. I love seeing somebody gift a single membership with a white badge. That means they're paying it forward. The pay it forward train has begun. Thank you so much, Odon and Matt. I appreciate that. Um, Like they know it, know it. Do you know how they... What in the world is going on? Creatures talking to somebody. If somebody had a, a spelling mistake, I guess. Activision will just function as they do now. There'll be no changes. I don't think Microsoft's going to walk in the room and be like, hey, we're doing, we're calling all the shots now. I think long term, there'll be a more, um, there'll be a clear integration. There'll be more oversight. But in the immediate future, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. In the immediate future, I would anticipate it being more about efficiency and oversight than takeover. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know if you would want to just step into 
a, a, a development. I mean, look at this. Look at the size of this. Like, you don't just walk in the room and say, yeah, we're in charge now. You're going to have to create insane levels of management and oversight to ensure that you know what everybody's working on, what are their timelines. Like, just that alone is going to be a significant undertaking. Just being like, okay, what's everybody working on? What are their timelines? When are their ship dates? Because you don't want individual companies or studios stepping on other studios or other plans or other things. I mean, there's going to be a, a time period where they're literally just assessing what do we have? How many studios, how many projects, how many studios projects are in mid-development, pre-development, post-development, whatever, right? That's that's where that's where my mind goes is they're going to they're probably going to have to spend a better part of the next like one or two years literally just figuring out what's everybody doing? <laughs> like what what's everybody building, right? And when can we put it, you know, into the market? When can we ship it to Game Pass because that's why I ended my monologue and I said, "Listen, Xbox has no excuse now." There's no excuse. I, I expect greatness. I expect excellence. I expect high scores. I expect great cadence. Ragnarok gifts a member and pushes the number to 54. Thank you so much for doing that, Ragnarok. $69 billion is a lot of money. Do you think that includes retention bonuses for talent to stay? I don't know, Deacon. I think that's an excellent question. I would imagine at the scale of what they purchased, no. No. At the scale of what they purchased, I don't think you can do that. You're talking about 10,000 what what was the what was the speculation on employee count 17,000 or something? Let's just lowball that. Let's just say, you know, 15,000 people. I I don't I don't know how you do that at that scope and that scale. Like whenever they did that with Bungie and PlayStation was like we're going to spend extra to keep people on. I mean, that's a single company. I think that's a lot easier to manage. Nerd Mother says, I expect coffee. Yeah, guys, don't forget the coffee in the corner here. We, our light roast is back. We also have the dark roast. You can go to reforgeroast.com and order some today. That is not a sponsor. That's mine. It's in my house. My wife and kiddos bag it up, box it up, ship it to you. You get cute little thank you cards from my kiddos. You're supporting basically, I mean, this is basically supporting a small business. This is not like a kickback thing. I buy it. It's roasted and bagged and sent to me. And then you guys, you guys get to buy it and support what we're doing here. So thank you so much. Whoever has been doing that. A lot of coffee orders last week. Thank you everybody for doing that. Since Ubisoft has control over cloud worldwide, uh, does that mean all current and future ABK games are multi-plat if they're cloud enabled? I believe it's just cloud rights in the UK, is it not? Did they give them global cloud rights? I thought it was a UK region thing. And if anybody wants cloud streaming in that region, Ubisoft has to give them the rights. Like, they literally have to. So, I counted Xbox will have 68 studios under their management. This is pre-any studio cuts. Right, and for comparison, for comparison... 19 studios at PlayStation and like 7 or 8. Right? 7 or 8. Um, What is that? Can you check that when you get a chance? What is that? Um, oh, is that your coffee? Eugene. Um, We had... A surprise visit from in-laws so your coffee order is printed 
and that is still its status. The label is literally in my entertainment room. I am sorry. We got a surprise visit from my in-laws, so the coffee orders from Thursday and Friday did not ship like they should have. So, sorry. We're usually crazy fast on turnaround time. I am sorry. I got a surprise visit from my in-laws this weekend. (laughs) So, you know... You know how my my weekend went. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Sorry about that. We're usually very fast and uh that all that all that should be uh shipped tomorrow. Children workforce, yeah, right. I really hope that ABK Cloud Rights to UB doesn't come with a checkmate move from Xbox by buying Ubisoft. Well, I mean, there was speculation that like people were like, well, what if PlayStation buys Ubisoft? I'm pretty sure per the terms, all the rights Go back to Microsoft if UB gets purchased. So that's not a that's not like a a loophole that PlayStation can try to, to can try to do. If you spend seventy billion on something, you need to make at least seventy billion back with a set time frame. So how are you all going to be fleeced? Is my question. You Game Pass dudes, an increase is coming. Odon, oh Matt, uh, oh Matt, Odon, oh Matt, I appreciate what you're saying, but I think you need to remember that Microsoft is okay with losing money because they can. When you have the amount of money that they do, losing money is a means of making it. It's so backwards to say and think, but that's true. King Sovereign with 13 months of membership and a member plus wasn't one of the biggest selling points was getting Bobby Kotick out because everyone hated that guy for the atmosphere he created ABK. There was no there was no result here that didn't benefit Bobby Kotick. Right? There there was no there was no world where Bobby didn't benefit. If the deal didn't go through, they were going to get an injection of cash from Microsoft. Bobby's going to keep being Bobby and making tons of money and then they could have done smaller sales, divestitures, who the frick knows. There was no scenario where Bobby Kotick wasn't coming out of this like a freaking bandit. There was no, it, was, it wasn't. If the deal failed to go through, he was going to get money. If the deal go, okay, uh, if you're watching the past broadcast, I completely lost power, but not really. Like, I didn't lose power. My battery backups, both of them just shut off. Like, my power didn't flicker. My lights didn't flicker. Um, I, I don't know. My boat, computers, cameras, my internet. I've been sitting here waiting for my internet to come back on. I mean, cooling problem? No, they're separate battery backups. They're cyber power battery backups. Just boom, off. I was like, huh? It was, it was absolutely crazy. I've, I've never seen anything like that. I'm probably just going to have to replace them. Maybe they're just going bad. Maybe they're just old. Um, I don't know. <laughs> of course, of course, when we're having like a huge day and a bounce back and like all the numbers are looking good, I'm like, oh, hey, we're back. You know, YouTube's treating us nice. Of course, we have a blip the size of Mount Everest that, you know, cuts the viewership in half. That's wonderful. Good golly. I, there's no way to anticipate that. There's no way to troubleshoot that. They just... I, I've never had that happen before. I've had them, like, cycle, and they kind of spook me, like the lights will flicker. So I'm wondering if they went to cycle, and the batteries are just bad. So when they went to cycle, they just blunk, they just went off. War- register for warranty on those? No idea. I think I bought them from Costco... 
three years ago, maybe. Anyway, (laughs) do me a favor and help us bounce back from that. We're going to get murdered by YouTube for that. They're going to think that 300 people just like left the stream. We had 688 people when it happened. So do me a favor, smash the like button, uh, you know, give some members, do some things. Let's try to hit 300 likes. Let's try to rebound from this and get back to the discussion. I, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have to, like I said, I'll have to replace them because they're probably just going bad. That's usually the time of day when it happens. Usually I'm sitting here and I hear like a click, click and the lights flicker, but everything's fine. Um, and this time it probably went to do it and they're bad. They're going bad. So, um, yeah. I forget what we were talking about. Oh, we were talking about no matter what happens, Bobby Kotick was going to walk away like a bandit. Like, everybody's celebrating that, like, he's gone. And I kind of celebrated he was gone on Twitter. I was like, yeah, this is great. Get him out of here. Um, You know, thank you for a gifted member. Uh, Zach Johnson and Keithius. There we go. Let's get this going again. Let's Let's get this momentum back that we had, man. We were back. We were having a good discussion. It's Spider Man's week. So, you know, we'll be able to talk Spidey this week as well. So, it's going to be a good week. Thank you so much for doing that, Zach Johnson and Keithius. Uh, I bought one that I used for my server and immediately registered warranty on them. I think it's at least two year warranty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got these when I first moved in here, which was. Well, actually, in April, it'll be four years. So it was like three and a half years ago, I think, that I got them. 100 mil in his pocket. Here's the thing. When you get to that level, there is no losing, right? I would imagine the only way he could have potentially lost is like if if they somehow got him out without um, without a, without any kind of pension payout i mean he still has his shares like there's just so many things that that protect somebody at that level from really having any repercussions for 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 wrongdoing right i mean and people are like nothing was proven it was just i had a guy in my on my comment section on my youtube channel that was like nothing was proven and every yeah it was like 400 million wasn't it's not 100 million um anyway you know, nothing was proven. It was just claims made by the media or whatever. And it's like, I don't know, bro. I saw some pretty horrible things that the dude did, right? Like, and a five bomb comes in from Sorcerer. Here we go. Let's get this going again. Let's let's put this car back on the road. Takes us to 61 members on the day. Thank you so much, Sorcerer. 500,000 company net worth into 500 million. That's crazy. Um, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Forbes scored uh, this for server media bias is true. Oh, who cares about that? Everybody's going to score things according to their own preferences. My understanding is that he's getting uh, with stock shares was not around 400 million as he walks away. Right. I saw Asmongold about the Blizzard math and it's so funny. Yeah, I mean, he was talking about it the other day. He was like, it's Bobby's world. We're all just living in it. Like, there's nothing you can do at that at that level. So... I, I do think that is one of the good things that comes from it because I think it's probably better to have him gone than to have him there. Does that make sense? Um, I would rather have him out of the gaming industry than still over one of the you know one of the largest publishers out there. If that makes sense, I. I, there is there again. There is no situation where you know something something good comes from 
as far as like consequences on a man that you feel deserves to be you know judged or whatever like you know he dodged a lot of it now he might not have been an active contributor to some of the bad stuff maybe he just looked the other way but when you get to that point it's like there's there's nothing you can do to him the, the, the do to him ha <laughs> there's nothing you can do it, the, the best case scenario is that you just get him out of the industry the and, and the CEO for unity now Asmund Gold and many other people have speculated that that's not Bobby's final form like he's going to they're going to they're going to do he's going to do more they'll either have him um they'll have him stand you know stay come in and help with more than just the transition they'll bring him on you know to at a Microsoft level or something I don't know if this trend continues Square is going to become a target yeah I saw I've seen reports Square's stock price fell below 5000 yen and closed uh, at its lowest price since May. Yeah, I, there's people thinking that that's going to be a Sony acquisition, you know, just to protect the the property, which would make for a real interesting, um, real interesting scenario. Do I think Phil is doing a better job than Bobby Kotick? Well, here's the reality. Are you asking me, do I think Phil is going to do a better job? Like, having once Bobby's gone? I don't know. Hate him as much as you want. Bobby got results. Bobby did exactly what shareholders want. Now, that has nothing to do with the man's, you know, moral fiber or how he handled situations and said things behind closed doors. Like, that, that never seemed properly investigated at that level. That seemed like we just got, like, a glimpse a very small glimpse behind the curtain but I don't think you can if you look at his performance on paper then shareholders at other companies probably want him to come to their company does that make sense as long as it's not a PR nightmare to bring him to your company there's a lot of companies right now that would want Bobby Kotick does that make sense things now if uh, if Kotick wasn't this he'd be the man to lead Xbox not Phil I mean, it's hard not to disagree with that because it's like, it's really hard to disagree with that, I'm sorry. Because to a certain degree, if if he was squeaky clean morally, if like there weren't if there weren't any of those bad stories, if there weren't any of those things that came out about him, you would probably think that. You'd be like, put him in charge. This guy gets results. This guy's been in the gaming industry for a long time. He's led some of the most, you know, successful years for one of the largest publishers in existence one of the largest publisher conglomerates in existence so like yes and that's why i think as long as it's not like a bad look from pr it wouldn't surprise me at all if some other company picks him up yeah like he threatened to have like his former assistant killed like the dude has like said some crazy stuff right the dude has said some crazy stuff he doesn't seem like a nice person okay but do you think shareholders care about that do you think they care? Like, if they're trying to get, if they're trying to make money, if they're trying to get somebody in charge that's going to turn things or 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 fix things or repair things or increase increase production, increase profit, whatever the case may be, you're going to look at a guy's like that resume and you're going to say, well, I don't really care about that stuff. Let's just get him on board. Now, I'm not saying that's right. I don't like seeing people like that succeed. But what are you going to do? You know. What are you going to do? Yeah, CEO's a scumbag. Shocker. <clears throat> Who has put games in your hands? I'm not sure what you're asking. 
you also love the military industrial complex are you saying i love it? i don't love it at all i'm just speaking frankly about how the business world works i don't think it's great i don't think it's great that people like this succeed and make as much money as they do i don't i'm simply giving you the facts shareholders don't give a crap i would i would care i wouldn't want to to, to work for him i wouldn't want him working for me that doesn't mean shareholders think the way that you and I think. It's easy to be doe-eyed and, and ideological when we're sitting here not in those positions of, well, this guy will come in and make us a ton of money. Yeah, but he's done bad things. A lot of them are going to say, okay, what does it have to do with us making money? I'm not saying that's good or right or awesome. I'm just telling you this is exactly how it works. Transmissions from a space boat with 22 months. Maybe it's time for Lono to lead Xbox. No, you don't want me leading Xbox. I would I would not be good at it. Oh, you're not talking to me. You're talking to people in the chat. Okay, well, I you know, taken out of context, which that's the world we live in, taken out of context, what I was saying could make it sound like I'm super pro Bobby Kotick. I'm not. I'm simply saying the guy got results. Somebody might scoop him up and make him a really good offer. Hey, come be our CEO because you you get results, right? Not not I, me, Pete. Not I, me, Pete. Thank you so much for gifting a member and taking us to 62. You're the best. Appreciate you so, so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Being a good leader and being a good person aren't the same thing. I don't like that you use the word leader. I, I don't. I think being a leader and being a, a, a manager or a CEO is not necessarily the same thing. Leaders earn allegiance, like the name to be a leader to lead. I think is different than being in charge. You know, there are like being the coach of a team and leading through integrity and hard work and earning the respect, the admiration, the loyalty, and the allegiance of your team, that's a really big deal. I, I think, oh, no time, Pete. <laughs> Not I, me, Pete. No punctuation. Thank you so much, Brooklyn Breed. I can't breathe. I can't freaking read. No time, Pete. <laughs> and another username butchered, you know? All you got to do is capitalize that T and that P and you make my life so much easier, you know? That's but you're no time Pete, you don't have any time for that, you know? You don't have time for punctuation. I understand. That's I guess that's truth in advertising. <laughs> like I I don't, I don't have time to be capitalizing letters. What are you, what, are you, what is what are you capitalizing letters? Sub Lono, I think Bobby will be an executive at EA. Seems like a lateral move, but I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, he's going to end up somewhere. Pete Hines just left. Yeah, we read uh we read his letter. We let we, we read his letter on Twitter as well as Bethesda's statement about it. I'm not shocked. He was clearly not happy after everything that went down. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Once his emails emerged during the FTC trial, that could have been a conversation about you don't seem happy here, Pete. Why don't we uh why don't we really make that retirement nice and and have that happen soon? <laughs> you Do you really want do you really want Pete Hines, you know, out there as your PR marketing guy after those emails came out? I don't think so. I think Microsoft was like, 
Get this guy out of here, right? Will Pete Hines leaving be a show this week or short? I'm not sure, Dave. Here's 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 the reality. Jim Ryan retiring is a pretty big story. Pete Hines retiring, I don't know. It 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 makes more sense for a man in it, you know, I don't know how old Pete is, but it makes more sense for a man in his 60s to retire from CEO after 5 years, especially when the previous CEOs also did the same thing. They hit 5 years and they were gone. Like everybody that's had Jim Ryan's position has done that. It's like five years gone, five years gone. Then they had a two-year interim guy, and then and then Jim Ryan comes in five years gone. Like that. So that's basically three CEOs in a row that are five years out, five years and gone, five years and gone. You know, Pete Hines is a is a is a is a twenty-four year man. You know, it seems a little weird not to do one more year and hit twenty-five. Probably because they don't really have any major launches for him to be a part of. So staying on for one more year just didn't make any sense. You know, it was like, okay, are you going to stay on for the Elder Scrolls, or are you done, right? Because that's that's more than likely what what the decision was. Staying on for one more year probably just didn't serve much of a purpose. And if and if he's not happy and he can't stand, I mean, again, I've continued to theorize that Starfield, uh, Drufus with eight months as a VIP, says, do we really expect Xbox to put out good games on a consistent basis when they haven't been able to do that since their inception? I hope I'm wrong. Uh, but I don't think getting ABK will change much. I've said it multiple times a day. I'm going to say it again. They have no excuse. Going forward, I don't want to hear a single utterance of excuse from people. The way that people are hand-waving the scores of Starfield and Forza Motorsport, they probably will find some ways you know, to backflip or make excuses for bad launches or poor quality. But when you have this now, when you have a war chest of money, and to go with your war chest of money, you have a war chest of property, you have a war chest of studios, I I don't know what to tell you. There's no excuse anymore. Here's the problem. I talked about this in my show open. The most rabid Xbox loyal fans, they're already out here defending mediocrity. So Xbox already has the runway lit to say, ah, we don't got to worry about quality. We don't got to worry about quality. Just ship games on Game Pass. That's all that matters. If you ship games on Game Pass, they don't care that Forza Motorsport has like a 50%. They don't care. People are shocked that I'm saying Forza Motorsport's bad. I'm like, they promise features that aren't there. It's an incomplete game. It's missing tracks. The level of ray tracing and graphical fidelity that was promised didn't happen. And the user score everywhere is bad but I'm not allowed to say it's a bad game. I just, I genuinely want to know what does it take for the most loyal Xbox fans to be critical of a game that they launch? Like, what does it take? Does it have to quite literally be as non-functional and as bad as Redfall? That seems to be the only game that we got agreeance on. That's the only game. It, It just doesn't seem to matter. And it's like, well, now Xbox has a war chest of publishers and studios are we going to take the same attitude they have no excuse now they they have no excuse I've been dissatisfied with what they've done this gen I have been I'm like where where is where's all the stuff and then the games we get it's like these these games aren't even that good oh you don't play racing games why do you care it's indicative of a problem that I've been trying to highlight for a while that's why I'm saying to you right now they have no excuse 
I don't want to hear this. Sony makes it hard on us. I don't want to hear this. Sony does exclusive deals. That No, you've had more studios than Sony for a couple of years already, and now you are quite literally the largest gaming platform in existence with respect to property. You own more content, more franchises, more studios than any gaming platform in history. Nintendo has never owned this much. Sony has never owned this much. Never. With less money and less studios, Nintendo leads the world with like seven or eight studios. Two of their studios are just dev support. They're not even creating anything. They're doing like testing. They have, they have like five, maybe six actual studios cranking out games. Sony has 19, 20 if you count Bungie. That's it. So this weird narrative that like, well, you know, the, you know PlayStation has made it hard on xbox i don't want to hear that ever again for the rest of time because they have enough games studios franchises and property to last them for forever i don't i don't ever want to hear that ever again you they have no excuse now i expect excellence i expect quality i expect cadence if you can't deliver that and what in the heck are you doing what are you doing you spend more money than anybody else you've got more property than anybody else so there's no excuse going forward I expect excellence I do why can't your games come out on time you have more bandwidth and manpower than anybody else that will be my question if games don't come out on time why are your games coming out buggy and not ready if that happens that's my question you have more manpower you have more bandwidth you have more ability to test and and get things out the door at quality what's the problem there will be no excuse going forward none None at all. Because from where I sit, from where I sit, the, the real question will be, when does this make landfall? Because no, like everybody has different opinions about how this is going to happen, how this is going to play out, you know, when we're going to start to see things land on Game Pass, you know, when we're going to start to see day and date. You know, when is that going to happen? When is it going to start to make landfall? And the general opinion seems to be it's going to be a slow ramp up. It's not going to be immediate. Okay. So that's question number one. When's it make landfall? And number two, when can you start seeing the actual benefits? Like just them putting a call of duty on game pass to me, that's great for like existing call of, I'm sorry, existing game pass users. That's amazing value for you right now. If you're bought in, if you've got an Xbox and, and you, you've got game pass, then then this is great for you. If they if they start putting Call of Duty on Game Pass, that's great for you. But for everybody else, I don't what what does that what does that do for us? Another blip? I don't think so. I'm here. I'm still here. Goodness gracious, I'm still here. Someone asked Lono if I can use the word. No, please don't please don't use that word. I mean, I don't really care, but I don't want to see that word in chat. I don't mind if you swear in chat, but that word's that word's kind of harsh. That's kind of over the line. They can have delays. What they shouldn't be having anymore is an entire slate of delayed games, all coming out unfinished like last year. I mean, I think that's better stated, Eugene. That's better stated. It's like, you can't just keep delaying games and having them come out not ready, not when you have this many. It's not how many studios. Ubisoft has 40 plus and are smaller than PlayStation Studios. Okay, that that has nothing to do with what I'm saying, Ted. 
that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. I am saying that when you have that much property, you have that many games. No, no excuse. Listen, dude, you're in here on a month old account and all you're doing is trying to pick fights with people that are off topic. Like I, the minute you came in and weren't talking about the topic and you were making comments to bait chat, I could smell the stink on you. I was like, I guarantee you this is a troll on a fresh account. And sure enough, I gave you I uh, gave you an hour to see if you would cool down and not be that way. Here we are at an hour and seven minutes. All you're doing is just trying to pick fights with people. You're not adding to the conversation. You're not even talking to me. Like, you're just having a go at everybody in chat to try to disrupt and make people irritated. Like, that's not... Come in and disagree, that's fine, but you're not even talking about the subject matter. The subject matter is the Activision Blizzard deal's done. Is this the beginning? I put out so many things with respect to recapping it. When's Game Pass going to get cadence? Is this going to lead to a, cons- a consolidation battle? Are we going to see other big t- you know, companies getting involved? And then I ended my monologue by like, say, listen, be consistent. Be consistent. If you cheered for this deal, get ready. Don't put your pom-poms down now. I know your arms are tired from cheering for this deal and shaking them like the wind's rustling you. Don't don't put your pom-poms down now. There's more coming. Get ready to just spell consolidation. Give me a C. Give me an O. I'm not spelling the whole word. You, you get the point. You've been cheering for this? Great. Get used to it. I hope you're ready to cheer for more deals because this isn't the only one. Oh my gosh, Disney wants to buy EA? Disney wants to buy EA? What's the freaking problem with that? Why is that a problem? Aren't they just another company with a fat war chest of money looking to buy their way into gaming? What if Amazon does it? What if Google does it? What if Tencent gobbles up more? What if Embracer's freeing up funds right now by shrinking and closing studios and laying people off so they can buy more studios, maybe even buy a publisher if they're feeling a little froggy? Maybe Tencent gobbles up a couple. Isn't that great? Doesn't that benefit you? Isn't that great? Why, why won't we cheer for all of that? Won't that be amazing to see the to see the industry get siloed up into powerhouse conglomerates that gut companies and property and studios? Isn't that going to be amazing to watch happen? Happening in Embracer Group right now. Isn't it amazing for you? You know, Gearbox is is being dangled out there. Yeah, somebody want to buy Gearbox? We got more closures on the way. Does anybody want to buy Gearbox? Embracer Group basically just saying, like, yeah, we're we're not done yet. Get ready to cheer. If you love consolidation and you love acquisitions and mergers, man, you're about to be eating good because there's going to be so many PDFs and 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 email discoveries for you to comb over and read. This will not be the last deal that graces our gaming economy and culture this isn't going to be the last one thank you by the way for you guys bouncing back in and getting the viewership back to where it was that was devastating uh i'm going to replace my power supplies i've got two battery backups that they must be on their way out they're about three and a half years old and they both shut off at the exact same time um my assumption is that the power may have blipped and their batteries have probably just gone bad, and it was enough to just turn them off, uh, basically. Basically. Look what he did. We sniffed him out. 
we sniffed him out and he comes back with it with it with a with a with an insult hilarious consolidation is part of capitalism okay is that good if something is part of capitalism does that mean it's good for you as the consumer are every single pieces and parts of all of the elements and aspects of capitalism is it all good for you does it all benefit you price fixing is commonly a part of capitalism is that good for you is it I, do we just shrug do we just shrug and say ah it's capitalism that's just capitalism yeah I'll take a look Parasito I'll take a look my concern is that if they're going bad it'll keep happening I might have to go out tonight and get something The bigger a company gets, the more they get away with in terms of poor performance and even legally. The consolidation isn't new in gaming. EA bought up everything in the late 90s, early 2000s, and things kept trucking. Yeah, Pete Hines retired. Would you say that EA doing that has resulted in a great in a great legacy of games for you? Has that been the result? Is EA a beloved company now? How long did that take? EA buys up everything late 90s, early 2000s. How long did it take for them to be one of the most hated companies? When did it happen? When when was the year that that was like claimed that that they that they were going to do that? Price fixing is illegal, consolidation is legal. You think price fixing is illegal like the way that the cell phone companies do it, the way that they all agree to have almost the exact same pricing structures, the the way that the internet service providers and television providers they all basically fix the prices, but where where's the illegality of it? Who's doing anything for us? Who? The regulators sit idly by and let cell phone companies and internet service providers consolidate up, fix the prices. Nobody competes. Nobody tries to lower prices, innovate, or give us better technology. And you're like, oh man, what? That's illegal. They're not gonna price fix. Do you have eyeballs and the ability to read a brochure at Verizon? Do you? Because if you do, you should very easily find demonstrable price fixing. It's not difficult. You know, go look at Verizon's brochure and then go look at AT&T's brochure. Oh my gosh. They basically just changed the color. One's red and one's blue. I mean, who do I want to buy from? The same phones. Uh, the same brand of phones and, and, uh, and the brochures are different colors they, what do you mean but you, just because something is a part of capitalism doesn't mean it's great it doesn't mean it's automatically good you have to judge the goodness or the badness of it depending on what it does for the consumer Microsoft is forcing Sony into a serious content war and studio purchases Sony has to consolidate. Right now, we have two juggernauts in gaming. I understand one bought their way in. Do you want to know why I'm not nervous at all, Ted? Do you want to know why? Nintendo has basically five to six studios that actually create games. They have eight studios total. A couple of them are literally just there for support. And look at Nintendo. I think when you innovate, when you really drill down on first party, I don't think you have to worry about, oh no, they're going to own more stuff. I don't think so. I know. I don't think this is like a concern. I think people are doing that. They're doing like sky is falling. They're doing like, oh no, gaming is ruined. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I think this is worrisome. Obviously, this could this could go poorly for us, but 
I do not think that this means that like Sony and Nintendo are in dire straits. Yeah, Brap, you sent me that DM, the uh, the end crapification uh, in tech, and the, he sent me a DM, I believe, with like a summary of this during uh, during the stream with I think Thirty and So Gaming. This comes from uh, Corey Doctoro. Uh, it says when you the end crapification of gaming. I don't, I don't like to swear on the broadcast. Which, guys, by the way, if you're enjoying the show, do me a favor. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe. Let's get 400 likes. Let's push this member goal up a bit, huh? Let's push this member goal up a bit. Let's hit some more goals. Right now, I owe you guys 10 members. If it hits 75, I'll owe you 15. I always pay it forward to say thank you for supporting the channel. Every 25 members, I give five. You don't even have to gift a member or get a gifted member. You can just become a member, and it helps us out. We are well on our way to 2,200 members. If we hit 2,500, we'll do a Fright Night. We'll play some scary games, my wife and I. I've got a mic coming that'll enable me to be mic'd up when I play VR games, so that'll be hilarious. Uh, So help us hit that goal. All right, let's read this thing here from Brap. The end crapification of gaming. First, they are good to their users, and then they abuse their users to make things better for their business customers. Finally, they abuse those business customers to claw back all the value for themselves. End crapification results from the convergence of two things. The power of platform owners to change how their platforms extract value from users, and the nature of the two-sided markets, where the platforms sit between buyers and sellers, holding each hostage to the other, and then raking off an even an ever-larger share of the value that passes between them I think the only problem with applying that this time around Brap is they're not even going for the middleman they're not going for they're not the middleman they own it all they're not standing between us and the studios or between us and the publishers they're just there being like no this is ours Dan you upgraded VIP thank you your third party publishers is concerning Right, like, thir- this is something that I think hasn't really been talked about or thought about uh, in, in, this, in this particular realm. So, when, when I look at the number of third-party games that essentially run the industry, a lot of people gave PlayStation grief for how much income and how much of their revenue comes from third-party. But the same could be said for Xbox. The same could be said for uh, Game Pass, right? So much of what they fill Game Pass with is third party. You, you got indies, you got double A's, you got triple A's, okay? We'll, I'll do a Spider-Man 2 review roundup tomorrow, guys. That embargo dropped in the middle of my show. I, don't, I, I can't shift to that. That's not what I do. Everybody always gave me grief when I wouldn't shift to like, hey, Xbox had something good to happen to it. Why aren't you shifting to it right away? Well... Fair is fair. I don't do that. I'm not doing that right now for Spider-Man 2. Now, they obviously won't give me grief about that because that shows that I am consistent in how I cover things, but, you know, that doesn't fit a narrative. That's even more concerning when you own the platform, the operating system, and the cloud infrastructure, says Brap. Right. That's the point. That's the point, Brap. It's like, yeah... They're not standing in between us anymore. And what I was just saying about third party, third party makes the world go round. Like, there's an entire third party publishing apparatus no longer available to developers, says Eugene. Right, like, developers aren't going to be able to approach Activision Blizzard anymore to say, hey, do you want to publish our game? 
we think our game would be good for these reasons. They now have to go to Microsoft. Well, Microsoft is a platform. Going to a publisher is completely different than going to a platform because as soon as you go to the platform, the deal is going to be inherently laced with, well, you're, this, that's ours then. That's going to be ours. We want it. If we're going to pay for it. And why would you not? I would expect nothing less. I would expect Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox to all do the same thing. Like, if they're going to function as the publisher of the game, then they would treat it as their game. I would expect nothing less. It'd be weird. It'd be weird for them. It'd be super weird for them to, to not to not do that. But what you're doing is, is then you're siloing up power. If you silo up that power, you make it more difficult for developers to say, we need funding, who are we going to go to? Well, instead of going to a cascade of publishers that are out there, you would have to start going to platforms then. Because if the platforms silo up, now you're choosing now you're choosing between platforms. Well, when that happens, the consumer loses because when the developer loses choice, so do you. They don't have as many publishers to go to, which means they can't land on all the platforms. The whole more games and more places starts to become hilariously comical because it's like, well, if this goes as planned, then it's going to be really, really hard for devs to go anywhere else. If you silo up the power, if you silo up all the money, who you can go to? Now, the good news is, is that indies are having a bit of a resurgence and maybe you'll start to see smaller publishing companies dip their toe and say, hey, you know, let's let's get in there. Let's get in there and, and, and throw some of our money around. You know, let's let's get involved. You think we are heading towards the path of co- co- commoditization of gaming? So I've seen this thrown around. I believe that uh, Zubair was throwing that around recently. He's one of the lawyers that hangs out here. Same as uh, same as Eugene. Still hating. What have I said today that you would classify as hate? Commoditization is the action or process of treating something as a mere commodity. In business literature, it's defined as the process by which goods that have economic value and are distinguishable in terms of attributes end up becoming simple commodities in the eyes of the market for consumers. Um, It is the movement of a market from differentiated to undifferentiated price competition and from monopolistic competition to perfect competition. Hence, the key effect of commoditization is that the pricing power of the manufacturer or brand owner is weakened. When products become more similar from a buyer's point of view, they tend to buy the cheapest. Right. And in that trajectory, value like, I would think value comes down as well. Because once once they're going for the cheapest, once you put that level of con- like, once you put the race to the bottom in effect, you're dealing with, you're you're yeah, you're dealing with a lower of lower of quality, lower value, because that's the only way you're going to to meet those deadlines and to meet those price points. If everybody's racing to the bottom, then I would imagine your value and your quality is going to go down right there with it. I've always been in PC. I've never had a console, so that's rubbish. PC has always been great. Always the most games, always the best games, always the cheapest games. PC hasn't had a great year for ports, though. I mean, I think that's the main concern, Carlo, is... Like, if you're a PC gamer... 
it leads to less quality and no AAA. Right, you start gutting your AAA studios down to AA studios just so they can crank out more middling titles. If that makes sense. Here in my home, every gaming community is praising ABK deal because of currency exchange. Series S is very affordable and sale deals comes in shops. It's dirt cheap and they don't care about game quality. Right. And if I, and, and, and Black Libya, if I come through you and your perspective, I can appreciate why people think this is a great deal. I can. I understand what's going on. Like if I, if I come through that perspective, my mindset is this. I don't have tons of money to throw at video games, but I love video games. Like, your love for video games is not less than mine. In some cases, it might be higher than mine. Now, the way that you engage with video games, your preferences and what you look for are completely different, but you could have, let's say we both love video games an equal amount. However, you are like, you know what? My current life situation dictates that I don't have tons of money to spend. So a Series S is a bargain. Game Pass is phenomenal. ABK landing on Game Pass. All of that's so, so good for me, okay? The real danger there is, is you're you're literally relinquishing power when you're already in a weakened state as the consumer. Does that make sense? So when you can't spend as much, you're weaker as a consumer. You can't influence the market as much. You have less buying power, right? I'm not saying you specifically. I'm saying collectively, the people that are like, Series S is great because it's what I could afford. Game Pass is great because it's what I can afford. You are at the weaker end of the economic impact. Like You can't impact the economy as much, in, especially in a leisure market. So your impact is you're already at a, at, a, at a less powerful status because when they ran the numbers, the number of people that give that, that basically pay the most into the gaming economy are like six figures and up. They're like a hundred thousand annually and up. That's how much money they earn. I would hazard a guess that people that are, you know, at a bracket where the Series S is their go-to because of price, Game Pass is their go-to because of price. I would hazard a guess they're not. They're not hitting six figures, okay? None of this is judgmental. I'm simply assessing the situation. So, you're in a less powerful status as a consumer. And what you're doing is, is you're relinquishing even more power by saying, let's let have Microsoft have everything, and then they can sell it to me at a bargain price. The danger there is that you now have to go to them for all of it you've handed them more power in the market on the promise that like they're going to give you tons of great stuff at a great great deal generally speaking the, 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 there's an expiration date on this being great for you eventually the price of the subscription goes up quality of the content can go down because they're more worried about cadence they're more worried about we just got to get stuff out the door why well, we're not charging for the games. We're not we're not selling the games individually. So in my in my mind what you're doing is is you're saying I have less power as a consumer and the best way for me to experience gaming is to give more power to Microsoft. And I look at that and say, "Yo, whoa, that's not this is not good. This feels great right now, but I think long term 
this goes poorly for us. This goes poorly for you. I think that's why when I get critical of the Series S or I get critical of Game Pass, I think people take it very personally because for them, that's their way, that's the way they're, they're able to game. You feel like I'm being critical of, of the best you got. And I never want to do that. Like, I'm trying to be more empathetic. But the problem is, is when I go on a full-on rant about the Series S or what Game Pass does to value, that's going to get clipped. You're going to see that and think, well, that guy's just a hater. I'm just over here trying to enjoy my hobby, and this guy hates the Series S, and he hates Game Pass. No, I'm critical of them. I don't have, like, an emotional level of hatred for them. I'm critical of them. But I'm not critical of you. I try to be empathetic to my fellow man, but at the same time, I'm looking at you thinking... If you have less power and buying power and strength in the market because of your financial situation and your financial status, like socioeconomically, I look at you and think, this is not helpful to you. This this ends up taking less, you have less power because you're giving more to the company. They have more control. You have less choice. You're giving up power in a weakened state already, if that makes sense. A $10 super chat tip from drive-by commenter. Ultimately, I think they're going to completely Netflix the gaming industry. Less user control over intangible media. The withdrawal from a canceled subscription would be akin to those replica AI users. Thank you for the $10 super chat tip. Guys, do me a favor. We're an hour and a half into the broadcast. Make sure and smash the like button if you're enjoying the discussion. I am a safe for work broadcaster. Discussion, debate, disagreement is welcome as long as you're respectful. And we are discussing the Xbox Activision deal and how I believe this is just the beginning. Will likely lead to more acquisitions, maybe for Microsoft themselves, but for major players. And ultimately I said, listen, be consistent if you thought this acquisition was great then you can't really be critical of any other ones that come down the pike and you know i don't think that xbox has any excuse going forward they that we should get nothing but excellence quality and cadence from them no excuse going forward they have more power more franchises more content more titles more money than than nintendo and playstation combined so i don't want to hear any more excuses i want nothing but greatness from them that's what i expect i don't expect seven out of ten games or five out of ten games going forward I'm worried I won't get what I want, but I'm still going to hold them to that standard because I think that's fair. When you spend that much money, when you consolidate that much of the uh, of the of the industry, I expect you to do great things with it. Because if you don't, then I don't benefit as a consumer. If you water it down, if you dilute it, if you you know close a bunch of studios or cancel a bunch of projects or you ship a bunch of unfinished games, that doesn't benefit me at all. You just spend a bunch of money to give me subpar products. Game Pass is okay now until they up the price $100 a month. Don't you be using that word cadence a lot nowadays? I mean, I guess I could say rhythm. I try not to use the same word. I do that sometimes. I do what I call a word rut. I get stuck in a word rut because cadence just really captures the issue. Rhythm. It's like you got to have a good rhythm or Game Pass doesn't work. I get it, Lono, hoping for the best. It's what it is. Here's the thing, Black Libya. Here's the thing that people don't understand. If Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard and they crank out nothing but greatness for the next 10 years, that doesn't hurt me. I have a Series X and I have a PC. I think people approach me 
with the way they approach gaming. They're a single console gamer. So they look at this and think, this is amazing. They stick out their tongue to the competition and go, nah, you don't get any of this. It's ours now. And I'm sitting here thinking, you're talking to me like I only own a PlayStation. I own it all. So, I, I, if, if this results in greatness, I don't lose. Nobody seems to talk about that. Nobody seems to talk about this is going to lead to great games. What does everybody talk about? Suck at Sony. This is a win for Game Pass. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on. Is that all that matters to you? Winning some content chess game against Sony and bloating up Game Pass? Don't you want quality? I look at this situation... I look at this image and I say, no excuses, Xbox. You better bring the absolute heat. You better bring fire for the next 10 to 20 years. You have more content, more studios, more games, more titles, more money than Nintendo and PlayStation. I better see evidence of that. I better see evidence of that. I'm worried we're not going to get that. Because I believe that their, their, their structure and their strategy will absolutely constrain quality. Presumably, Microsoft has set the bar very high given the amount of acquisitions they've made. AOZ with 15 months in a VIP gold. Disney Plus went from $84 annually to $140 annually. Once you get the saturation, the next standard business move is to raise prices. Best show on YouTube. Member up. It's worth for the extra content. Thank you so much, AOZ. I appreciate that. We are currently about 30 members away from 2,200. 2,500 is the the current goal for Fright Night. Thank you guys so much for 62 members already today. 75 members. I'll owe you 15. I typically do those during the premiere. I will have a premiere today, and I comb through all of the franchises and titles that Xbox now owns, and I get my thoughts on if if I think any of them will come back because they've got some old stuff. Then what happens if PlayStation shuts down because of the Game Pass content outselling everything PlayStation has to offer? I don't see how that would happen, brother. Have you, like, listen. Here's the, here's, here's the major problem with what you just asked me. Thank you for a five gifted bomb. Parasito takes us to 67. Here, here's the problem with what you just asked. Skatinator gifts one. Hey, my man. Good to see you in chat, Skatinator. You always make me feel good just your thumbnail like, I'm sorry just your profile picture skating air gifts like and then he'll go back to lurking and just every once in a while when he does that I see his face it just makes me feel good he's just smiling he's just happy I, I like it Like I feel like you do that for your friends probably like you bring that energy to the room they're like yeah, yeah he's here it's gonna be a good night anyways I appreciate you we're one away from a great number here um what was I saying oh shoot I interrupted myself. Yeah, got my- Rob V takes it to 69. Nice. 69. Okay, yeah, I-, I remember where I was going. Here's the problem with your question, Power Boss. Okay? I'm not saying you're doing this. But commonly, when somebody asks me a question like that, what you're doing is, is you're positing something that seems insane to me. Like... You think the person in third place is going to use a submodel to sink the market leader? If I answer that in the way that I want to answer it, it gets clipped and turned into, 
look at this Sony pony. He's coping. He's he, he's panicking. It's like, look at the trajectory of the PS5. Look at the dominance that PlayStation has. How do you think the 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 the, the, the company in third place? with abysmal saturation of their hardware, how are they going to usurp not just PlayStation, but Nintendo as well with the sub-model? How? I I don't see it. Because all they're going to do, in in my estimation, all they're going to do is have to lower quality of games to get them out the door on time to meet rhythm. And that will not win people over. It won't. It won't win people over. That's not going to get people to convert. You're not going to get people to convert to Game Pass in droves. Now, this is what somebody might say. Somebody might push back and say, well, what about Call of Duty? Call of Duty is going to change things. Call PlayStation's in a terrible spot. PlayStation's going to be in so much trouble because of Call of Duty. Okay, let's consider Call of Duty for a second. JW with 32 months and a VIP plus. I feel Game Pass is kind of overrated. It's mostly all older games, not worth keeping in, uh, in my opinion. I'll do a month every couple of months. I'll run through it as much as I can during that month. Thoughts? JW, I appreciate that. And here's the thing. Doc Dark uploaded a video recently, and he was giving his son grief about the fact that he got a PS5 and the games that he had played and enjoyed were from last generation. And my question to Doc was, you, sit, you sing the praises of Game Pass and virtually everything on Game Pass is from last generation. Like, the value of Game Pass is overwhelmingly stuffed with stuff from last gen. Where's all the next-gen greatness from Xbox? Like, be consistent, right? He's giving him grief about, well, Game Pass is so much better. Why, why is PlayStation so much better? He's giving him grief, and it's like, oh, well, that, that's that's last gen. That's last gen. You're not, you're not playing stuff this gen. It's like, you're doing the same thing on Game Pass. Like, I agree. I think Game Pass is also stuffed to the gills, with games that were made in the buy-to-play era. Like, break down for me how many games are on Game Pass right now that were made by AA, AAA's indies during the buy-to-play era. So that's a disproportionate injection of quality because once you have this many studios making games for a subservice, I firmly believe quality will drop. I believe that. It's, it's, it's like a force of nature. You can't stop it. The minute that rhythm and cadence and delivery schedules matter more than anything else, you end up with lower quality games. Lies of P is third party. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't see a road here where that doesn't turn into the result. And if that's the result... If that's the result, then you're dealing with no way that they overtake PlayStation by doing that. Look at all the challenges facing them. Oh, you guys are saying Sea of Steez, Sea of <laughs> Sea of Stars and Lies of P just landed. You, you're saying those are current gen titles that just landed on Game Pass. No, I understand what you're saying. He was giving him grief about PlayStation titles. That was what my idea was. like. Well, so much of Game Pass, this entire generation has been old gen. What are you talking about? Gatorator with 10 spot. I appreciate what you said so much. You just made my whole day. I gift and super chat what I can because you and this community are amazing and I love my time here. Keep up the amazing work. Yo, thank you so much, Gatorator. I appreciate you, dude. Thanos with a five spot. Xbox has no reason to drop games just to get it out the door. There are enough studios to give um, one time to fine tune each game. Thanos, Thanos, you and I are in agreement. 
you and I are in agreement. Listen to me. When you have this much, we have this many studios, this many titles, this many franchises, and you have as much money as they have, there is, I'm with you. There is no reason to just shove something out the door. But, I think we're already seeing evidence of this. I think we see it in Jedi Survivor because of what Disney pushed for. And I think we're seeing it in Forza Motorsport. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's no way that that's not going to become something that's indicative of the of the of the submodel, lower quality. A ten dollar tip from JW. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great games on there, but I see too many 360 games in my opinion. Sure, day one sounds great, but where are the new games? I'm not a hater. I'm just genuinely curious. Well, in in Game Pass's defense, JW, Sea of Stars and Lies of P were big wins for Game Pass users. They were. Now we could go look at achievement percentages. Uh, <laughs> but those were big wins. I'll, I'll grant you that point. You, I'm not. I've never said that Game Pass doesn't get new games or good games. I was saying this generation. If you're gonna give somebody crap about like, I think his son liked uh, Days Gone, and uh, he had played Miles Morales and a couple of the other ones he hadn't really played and he was like well, you're not playing games this gen you're not playing this game this gen and it's like okay what first party games are you playing this gen like other than Starfield what are you playing you know what I mean so Forza Motorsports already dropped way way down as far as the player numbers on Xbox is concerned the community is answered I'm not trying to convince you that you shouldn't like it I'm just telling you what people said Wolong. long uh, Wolong was considered to be not so great by a lot of people. I think a lot of those people were on PC because I, I believe the port was pretty bad. Wolong didn't do so hot, as far as I could tell. <clears throat> what was I saying? Oh, okay. So back to what Power Boss was saying about Game Pass, you know, basically overcoming PlayStation. Do you want to know what the. There's, there's some major, major problems for Xbox. Number one, their hardware saturation is abysmal. So, and they've admitted they're at saturation. They're not going to get more Game Pass subscribers on console, so they can target PC. I don't see an inroad for them on PC unless they broker a deal with Steam. I, I mean that. There's no way you crack that nut. Because even, oh gosh, even if they do that, the Steam user base is not going to be convinced to do a sub-model where they don't own games. You're, you're working against a cultural reality. I, I, like, I think Steam's user base, Steam's dominance in PC is the biggest barrier for Game Pass's growth on PC. What's left? Cloud and mobile. So now you're hoping that you can start to weave into or lean into cloud on TV, tablet, mobile phones, mobile games, etc., so that crowd I you're hoping then that crowd suddenly comes in and signs up for Game Pass in in large quantities. Do you see what I just did there? I don't see hope for growth in the hardware department. They're not saturating very well. They're already at saturation with respect to Game Pass on console. PC is a lost cause if they can't broker a deal with Steam. You are not going to get lots of people on the PC platform to do a sub-model where they don't own the games. You're not going to. So that leaves cloud and mobile. Cloud and mobile has massive potential to be a very large footprint. And 
I think one of the times I debated this with 30 and still gaming, that was the line of thinking he took. His line of thinking was if they can just get a percentage of the mobile users globally on Game Pass, he's like, they'll have no problem hitting their goals. Sure. He's, I think he's right to a certain degree. Five gifted members from JW and puts us on the doorstep of 75. Thank you so much, JW. Good to see a strong member train turnout today. You keep pulling up a fan chart, says Ted. Maybe Microsoft needs to hire that guy for free work. Have you seen the Sony fan chart that includes second and third party? Also, Nintendo doesn't compete with Sony or Microsoft. They don't? That's weird. To get the merger to go through, Microsoft really insisted that Nintendo be included so they could continue to claim they're in third place. So, Microsoft doesn't agree with you. Fair is fair, right? Fair is fair. You can't argue for months and months and months that they compete with Nintendo. Nintendo should be included. Why? Well, it's a lot more convincing to say we're in third place as opposed to we're in second place and would like to be in first. There it is. Slams it home. Cat Uncle with the white badge too. A brand new member. Likely a brand new member today. Hits the 75 goal. That's awesome, dude. Thank you for doing that. And it goes to Phantom Phoenix. Phantom Phoenix is a long-time community member here. I love seeing things like that come back around. I mean, you can't argue for months and months and months that Microsoft's in third place. Let us compete. We're in third, you know, including Nintendo. And then once they get all this property, be like, well, they don't really compete with Nintendo. So who do they compete with? PlayStation? Okay. Let's compare them to PlayStation. PlayStation has 19 studios. 19. Xbox has what now? 60-something, 70-something studios? (laughs) Listen to me. Listen to me. Don't even invoke. Let's just do this. Don't even invoke Nintendo. Don't even invoke PlayStation. Abe, the agent of chaos. There was no race today, but Abe pushes it over. Usually there's a race, like a bunch of people try to get agent of chaos. There it is. 76 out of 100. Thank you so, so much. Just, just ignore just ignore PlayStation and Nintendo for just a second. I invoked them, but let's just, let's just look at this from a different angle. Okay? What were you... Hang on, I want to answer this question. What do you think it would take for Xbox to overtake first? What would it take for them to overtake? A miracle. Do you want to know why? They're abandoning that competition to a certain degree. Do you understand? They're abandoning. Like, they're not trying to take first place from PlayStation and Nintendo. Microsoft is setting their sights on what they feel is the true bat- battleground. Rissick with the five bomb takes us to 81. I love, whoops, I love when this many different people gift, man. Many hands make light work. Thank you so much, Rissick. So many people, so many different names gifting today. I owe you 15. We're well on our way to 100. Who's abandoning competition? hear me when I say this I'm saying exactly what Phil Spencer said in the kind of funny interview 
He said, there's no world where we out-console Sony. We have to go out on our own. Microsoft is going to where they feel the real battle is, the cloud. They downplayed it as much as they could. And they didn't do anything with xCloud this year to make it look impressive. Trill Troll gifts a member and takes us to 82. If just half of you right now gifted a single member, we would blow the doors off of our current milestone that we're trying to hit. You guys would just go nuts. I think I think we got too dependent on guys dropping big bombs, man. Don't feel, oh, single gifted's not good enough. No, 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 no. Single gifteds are amazing. We get an insane amount of single gifteds every single month. Don't hold back as you see these guys flexing with 10 bombs and 20 bombs. It's fun to yell and scream about 10 bombs and 20 bombs, but the single gifted members, come on now. Those are those are amazing. Let's not act like Microsoft, Sony, or even Nintendo are any better for the consumer in the wrong, long run. They're all out there for their share, shareholders. True Ready with a $2 Super Chat tip. Microsoft's not trying to get a, uh, a percentage, but the whole pie. Now, hang on a minute, Gaunter. Sony and Nintendo are not actively doing anything that harms me and taking away my choice. They're not. They're out there making great content, great products that I can then go buy if I'm convinced that are, they're good enough. That's that's the way having competing consoles and competing platforms works. Rissick gifts another member and Luis upgrades to member plus. Thank you so, so much. And we go from 83 to 93 because Abe does a 10 bomb thank you so much abe thank you very much man you guys are going nuts this is amazing luis upgraded to member plus you guys can upgrade to member plus for one dollar one dollar and then you can be a part of the daily news segment that we do oh we got a member train it's going a five bomb from trill troll takes us to 98 and then a single gifted member from savage shark bite puts us on the doorstep at 99 you love to see it everybody linking arms being generous paying it forward i now owe you guys this is gonna happen we know it's gonna happen who gets to land the plane i'm gonna owe you guys 20 members Appreciate you so, so much. There it is. Lone Wolf does it. He beats Rissick to the punch, takes us to 100, but then Rissick is the agent of chaos, and he pushes pushes us back to 105, which now means, I wonder, we haven't seen one in a while. Is anybody going to drop the 20 bomb to get us to 125 there it is and Oscar upgrades to member plus haven't seen you in a while Oscar good to see you big shout out to all the gifters y'all are amazing says goddess I agree why do you think Atari failed I am not a gaming historian so I can't give you a breakdown right now without proper research as to why Atari failed usually there's a lot of nuance and a lot of other factors like I've been listening to a really amazing book and he says that the French revolution didn't cause the French Revolution, And what he's arguing is, is that when moments happen like that, like cultural shifts, moments, battles, wars, fights, whatever, there's like 85 different threads that come together in that moment, right? So there's like 85 threads that come together that lead to Atari failed. So you, it's, I, I, I would have to properly research that and, and look it into all of the different things that led to that moment. It's never as simple as, well, some guy said something dumb in a boardroom meeting and that was that. It was over. It's not the Oscar you know. YouTube changed my name from Big O for some reason. Oh, Big O! What's good, man? 
a single gifted member from Zinthos. He says, guys, come on. We're not done. Let's keep it going. Thank you so much, Zinthos. Lords of the Fallen is surprisingly difficult at times. I am hearing a lot of people talk about how clunky it feels. And I played it Friday night, and I really like it, but I also am kind of like, yeah, I can feel the clunkiness. There's some there's some weirdness, you know? I, I, I also think some of it is just they the game maybe came out a little bit too soon, you know? I don't think they're as practiced with, like, Unreal 5 as they needed to be. It's just more evidence that, like, Unreal 5 needs a little bit more time to cook. Trill Troll with 16 months and a VIP. My man Brooklyn Breed does a member plus. Trill Troll says, I'd rather give Lono money than invest in a valid driver's license. (laughs) That's ridiculous, Trill. Thank you very much. What's your take on Spencer's wherever you play? You're always welcome here. Phil Spencer is saying whether or not you play on PlayStation or Nintendo, you're always welcome to come here and play. He's not saying that we're going to keep all these games everywhere. We know we know exactly what Phil's going to do. We we know exactly what Phil's going to do. We do. They're doing a big sale right now at Gamer Advantage. If you guys if you guys want to use my code over there and get yourself some blue light blocking glasses, do it. I'm always wearing different frames. Um uh Okay. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Infinite with a gifted member. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, if you guys... I'm always wearing different frames on stream, and they're from Gamer Advantage. So use code LONO at Gamer Advantage. It's linked below. Uh, and they're doing big sales right now. And a lot of times you can stack you can stack mine on top. I don't know if you can right now, but it's worth a shot because they're doing, they're doing a big sale right now. Yeah, Pete Hines is retiring, yes. I'm not surprised. He, he was clearly not happy post-merger. He made that crystal clear in his emails. He made that crystal freaking clear. That dude was irritated. And I bet you he's not the only one. Dad not good with a gifted member. Good to see you, Dad not good. Thank you so much for pushing the line a little bit further. Um, I think Pete Hines is going to be one of many. I'm serious. They got they they got Starfield out the door and a lot of folks are going to be like I'm out of here. That was supposed to be like a life like a lifetime achievement for the the studio. We currently have 2200 members. We did it. We crossed up from we started the day at 2100. We are now at 2200 Fright Night within reach. Thank you guys so much for pushing towards that goal. I have a new microphone that'll be here tomorrow and it should allow me to be mic'd up when I do a VR game. So we might do a scary VR game on uh, on Friday night. That should be fun. Yeah, goodbye Bobby Kotick. BB says when I was growing up Atari was the coolest until Nintendo came out and then everyone who had an Atari wanted a Nintendo because it had cooler graphics and Mario and stuff. My very, very rudimentary understanding of what happened back then is that Nintendo was incredibly aggressive and cutthroat and locked up a bunch of property and made it very hard on everybody else. That's like a very, very brief summary of what I've seen and heard stated over the years about Nintendo in the earliest days. Now, Nintendo hurt themselves long term because 
one of the reasons they started losing relationships with third-party developers is because of how they treated them. So eventually, they they lost a lot of those relationships, and then third parties started running into the arms of PlayStation, um, and that gave Xbox an inroad with some of the third-party companies. And it, you know that's why Nintendo struggled with third-party presence on the Nintendo Wii uh, in particular. And then the Wii U was pretty bad. Nintendo was not looking good around that time, right? The Nintendo Wii did well. Their handhelds were doing well, but they did not have good presence with third party. And then they launched the Wii U. And so the Nintendo Switch, I think a lot of people looked at the Nintendo Switch and said, no, Nintendo doesn't know what the frick they're doing. They just got done selling cardboard. What are they doing over there? And Nintendo said, oh, just you freaking wait. They, they did what they always do. They, they innovated. They were the first persons to put a thumb joystick in a controller with a Nintendo 64. They were the first company to do uh, a rumble pack for the controller. Uh, they were the first persons to bring motion controls to the market. Uh, the only thing they didn't really get to do first, you can't count the Virtual Boy, they didn't bring VR to console first. PlayStation did. Like Nintendo's been first on a lot of those things. They were the first to say uh, portable console hybrid with the Nintendo Switch. So, you know, I think when Nintendo's backs against the, you know, their back gets against the wall, they're like, oh my gosh, we need to innovate on something. I think that's when you see the best from them. You know, GameCube is kind of like, what the frick? It was amazing, but I don't think it did as well as the Nintendo 64 historically. I could be wrong about that, but my impression was the GameCube wasn't as loved, wasn't as successful. And then what happened? Then the Nintendo Wii comes out. Nintendo Wii brings motion controls, and, you know, bowling, and all this. And then they're kind of back. Nintendo Wii kind of bounces back. But then the Wii U happens. And then what happens? The Nintendo Switch makes me a little bit nervous about the next Nintendo because they tend to... <laughs> the pattern is the next one won't be any good. <laughs> so, hopefully that's not true. They were the first to make the Wii U. <laughs> yeah. They actively fought internet gaming. Yeah, they've never been very keen on that. They haven't been. It's been interesting how reticent they were um, to build good infrastructure because people <clears throat> the other day somebody you know kind of corrected me on multiplayer gaming on Nintendo. They were like, "Well, Fortnite does great," and and I was like, "Yeah, Fortnite does great. Fall Guys does great. They have their own infrastructure. They put everything on Epic's backbone and their that that internal friend system and all that." I mean, Nintendo gives you a Wi-Fi connection and you just use that and then you use Epic's infrastructure. The minute you play something that's on Nintendo's infrastructure, they told me Mario Kart runs great. I'm like, I've seen some clips. I don't know about that. And I played the Nintendo Wii Sports with my kiddos. Anytime we got online, it was a joke. As soon as you start winning, the other person mysteriously lags and you're like, what happened? My kids were playing volleyball and every time they'd be winning all of a sudden the other team would start lagging and then the ball would just like teleport to the ground Splatoon I mean I've not researched Splatoon into what they use I don't do they use Nintendo's infrastructure do they you know do they use something that they build on their own I guess Splatoon might be one that you could cite as being yeah hey this one runs great you know but my experience with Nintendo's online has never been very good what are you even saying about the first VR home console? That's some Virtual Boy era. Right, but that wasn't really VR. It was a, it was a flat screen that you wore on your face that didn't do anything to do. It wasn't virtual reality. They didn't get they didn't take you to another place like they do with virtual reality now. 
wasn't virtual reality, it wasn't augmented reality, it wasn't mixed reality. It was literally, it was just attaching a Game Boy red screen to your face is all it was. I mean, I guess they did some three-dimensional stuff, but I don't think I would count that as being the first to bring VR to a console. Or like the first VR console combination or something. Platoon is fine, but no voice chat. Yeah, Eugene, the guy that we bopped was he was he was literally saying that it had already dropped to an eighty nine. I was like, he was just so so hopeful that he would get like a response and upset people, and he just started resorting to lying. It already dropped to an eighty nine. <laughs> I actually said the other day, I think it's going to have a hard time holding on. I said it'll be a low 90, and I said it'll have a hard time holding on to it. I wish I would have clipped that. I wish I would have clipped that. I said, eh, it'll get a low 90. It'll have a hard time holding on to it, though, because, you know, that's a hard score to hold on to. Like a 93 or a 94, you've got some padding. 91, (laughs) all it's going to take is a couple of bad ones. But they've got a lot of protection with um, 119 reviews. So, we'll talk about that tomorrow. I'll do a review roundup tomorrow of Spider-Man 2. <clears throat> Lono, I know you hate consolidation. We have to accept the truth that Sony and Microsoft won't stop. Is there anyone you would like Sony to purchase? I don't really want Sony to purchase anyone unless it's a good um, symbiotic acquisition. I like when they acquire somebody they're already working with. Does that make sense? I don't like just like walking in the room and buying somebody that's already working on something. Like, when they were working on timed exclusivity with Bethesda, the reason that doesn't bother me is because you're not acquiring Bethesda and disrupting, dictating, shrinking, adjusting uh, timelines, projects, you know, and everything else, because that affects quality. I still believe to this day, I interrupted myself earlier, we had so many discussions going on, I still believe to this day that we will never see the real version of Starfield that was being built. That's, That's my personal conspiracy theory tinfoil hat I I think the game that they were building will never see the light of day we got something else right we we got something else but that's why I want to look at PlayStation I'm like I want to benefit from the acquisition as a consumer I don't benefit from as a consumer if they just go out and buy something so Xbox can't have it I benefit when they buy something that they're already working with. There's already this understanding. There's already this, there's this sort of natural folding in of you're already building games for us anyway. Does that make sense? Um, I, I, I don't want them to go out and just start shopping. I'd rather them take very, very precise strikes and say, this is a company that's already working with. It's like, this is a game that's really, really already built for us anyway, as opposed to just trying to like gobble up content. So the other guys can't have it. Yo, Brian, with a $10 super chat, pre-ordered my PlayStation Portal. Can't wait to start gaming, sitting in my kitchen while my kiddos eat, uh, eat what in the bedroom when it's bath time? Heck, even in the backyard while they run around. Eat in the bedroom? Are you, are you, are you like griping about your kids? (laughs) Like gets a jabbing on his kiddos. Yeah, I can't wait to do this, man, in the backyard while my kids are busy eating in their roofs and they never vacuum. And the other day, Tommy wouldn't even pick up the crumbs from the carpet. I can't wait for my PS portal. Just like randomly gets a jab in on his kids. Yo, Brian, give some member. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And just a random side note. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> 
creature with 30 months and a member plus i know i've been here uh, a long time and i'm always telling you things i know but i really do know things trust me bro i know <laughs> uh, i don't want to get into buying games to keep them off of platforms that yeah, that doesn't do anything for me it doesn't I, I own all the consoles. So a PlayStation goes and buys a studio to keep it off of Xbox. That game was already coming to market. That doesn't do anything for me. Now, if they buy a studio they're already working with, and then they can fund, expand, and grow them the way they've done with Gorilla and Insomniac, we get what? A game with a 91 on Metacritic. That's what we get. Like I'm good with that. That benefits me. It benefits the studio. The studio grew. And I get better games. Like, that's what I want. I don't want them just going out and be like, we're going to buy this so that Xbox can't have it. Well, what about time exclusivity? Well, at least with time exclusivity, the product still comes to market on the terms that the developer set for themselves. They're not owned by somebody all of a sudden. Another gifted member from Brian. Thank you very much. He's making it look real pretty right there. That 110 just looks nice, doesn't it? But here's the thing, Sony has been buying games since the beginning. Paying for exclusivity is almost the same thing as buying devs outright. Oh no, there's an enormous difference, Thanaros. There's an enormous difference. Do you want to know what the difference is? The developer, or the publisher, can decline the timed exclusivity. They can say, no thank you. That's not what we want to do. You understand that some of the most complained about timed exclusives or some of the most complained about exclusives to PlayStation do you understand what the impetus for it is it's the property owner shopping their property around it's not PlayStation going out and actively saying let's hurt Xbox Square Enix knows the value of Final Fantasy and what do they do they shopped it around this was admitted in an interview Yoshi P's like yeah we approach all the platforms they want the best offer When you have a long-standing franchise and you have pull in the market, you go to Xbox, you go to PlayStation, and you say, what do you want for this? What are you willing to give for this? Nobody understands that. Everybody, I almost swore, everybody complains and moans about Spider-Man and Final Fantasy, and the property owners sold the rights they were shopping spider-man around they were shopping final fantasy around so this overlord sony buys stuff to keep it off xbox they make it hard on us is such a false narrative it isn't true and the reason that final fantasy there was a final fantasy that didn't land on xbox do you want to know why it was because xbox was against crossplay. do your research you're, you're buying into some weird notion that like, yeah man, Sony's just been out here buying up games and making it hard on Xbox. What are you, what are you talking about? The property owners are shopping. The, what, so what should PlayStation have done when, they, when the Spider-Man rights were offered to them? What should they have said? Yeah, we're willing to spend a lot of money for that. That looks great. But we don't want to be mean to Xbox, so let's make it multi-plat. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Barrier with 25 months in a VIP. I know what Creature knows. Parasito with 11 months in a VIP. What are the odds Xbox and PlayStation try to create an app for the other to cloud stream to and it listed on the storefront with a regular 30% cut or similar? I don't think PlayStation ever allows that. Maybe through a browser you might be able to get around it. You don't have a preference? Like you prefer to play on X console due to friends, controller, UI? 
Well, Thanaros, my gaming preferences have changed. I'm not big into multiplayer or PvP games anymore. So, we're about to go to a video in 15 minutes. And I bring up Prototype. And I think it'd be awesome. That's one game I'm just going to give you a little... I'm just going to whet your appetite for this video. I basically comb through all the property and franchises and titles that Xbox now owns. And I talk about which ones I think would be amazing to come back. If they did an amazing resurgence of Prototype, I'd be super excited. Right, because that's the kind of games that I like now. Third-person action-adventure games. I love them. I'll probably go through a similar phase, I don't know, in another 10 or 20 years. Ragnarok with two months of subs, and it's a member plus. Okay, so we're on Final Fantasy now. I'm so excited for Final Fantasy 16 on Xbox next year. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Final Fantasy 14. So, my preferences have changed. So... Listen to me, if if Microsoft if Microsoft goes crazy and starts delivering amazing first party titles and they're single player and they're awesome, great. I benefit from that. Cry more pony. What 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 am I going to do? I'm going to I'm going to cry with my Xbox controller in my hand playing the game on my I can't reach it. It's up there. Hang on. Short guy problems. Am I going to cry holding this, playing an amazing game on my Series X? Like, what do you mean cry more? I'm not, I'm not single not single platform like so many of the people that assume that's the way the world works for everybody else. So no, the question to me was, who do you want Sony to go buy? And I'm like, I don't really want them to go buy anybody. I don't. If they're working already with a company and they decide to fold them in to protect them because they're like, hey, we have a great working relationship with this studio. Let's buy them. I'm totally okay with that. That's an existing game project relationship that they can just symbiotically fold them in. That's why I think as Square Enix share value drops, I would be okay with them buying Square Enix to protect them from buyout because they've got a great working relationship with them. Do you understand the difference between saying... We need to buy all this property so those guys can't have it, and let's buy this studio because we're already working with them. We really think this is a great relationship. Look at what's happened with Insomniac and Gorilla as just two great examples of studios that have been purchased, and they've grown, and they've expanded, and their games and their quality just keeps going up. Like, I, I don't... Everybody assumes, well, you'd be okay with this if Sony was doing it. No, I wouldn't. When it was rumored they might go after Take-Two, which is financially impossible, but when it was rumored they would go after Take-Two, I was like, I don't want them doing that. It doesn't benefit me. All you're going to do is disrupt a bunch of projects. You're all right. I don't always agree with you, but it's good to not surround yourself in an echo chamber. My favorite thing to do is to debate. I, an echo chamber would be so boring. I would quit. I'd shut down and never stream ever again. That'd be so boring. I have no interest in that. None. I need a thumbnail. Uh, I need a thumbnail for the debrief creature. Where is a publisher? That's true. That would be a publisher purchase as opposed to a developer purchase. I wasn't trying to indicate. If I misspoke, I wasn't trying to indicate that Square was a developer. I was simply saying that makes more sense to me than let's buy Bethesda. No, 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 no. Let's buy ZeniMax so PlayStation can't get a Starfield exclusive deal.
do, do, you, do you, I just do you see the difference? There is a chasm of difference. <laughs> it, it's it, it's the difference is enormous. Ah, uh, yeah, we don't want them. We don't want them to get a a, a timed exclusive on Starfield. So um, let's make a better offer on Starfield. No, 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 no. Let's let's buy Bethesda from Zenimax. No, 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 no. No, wait. Let's just buy all of Zenimax. That is such an extreme response. That's not the same as, hey, we've been making games with these guys. This is a great working relationship. Let's just fold them in. We can invest, help them grow, more bandwidth, quicker quicker cadence of delivery, better quality. You know, all those things benefit us, benefits the development studio, benefits the consumer. This is this is great. This is the 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 virtuous cycle that that Ryan referred to. Jim Ryan referred to. That's not the same at all as saying, uh-oh, we hear whispers, they're going to lock up a really big title in time exclusivity. Well, let's just freaking buy the parent company so they can't do it. I don't want PlayStation playing that game. Now, the least tectonic and the least worrying is, keep in mind, this is still on a spectrum of this is terrible, but the least worrying and the least tectonic is non-platforms buying. If Tencent buys more, or Take-Two, or Embracer Group, if they buy more, if Google, or Amazon, or Disney, if they start gobbling up studios, publishers, and what have you, that sucks, but it's not nearly as bad as a platform doing it, because a platform is going to be interested in disrupting development to prioritize their platform. Do you see the difference? There's a subtle difference there, but it's like, One's the lesser of two evils. Can you believe this pony's actually saying this? I would much rather have Tencent or Embracer or Take-Two or Amazon or Google or Disney. I would rather having them buying up some of the bigger publishers and pieces of property as opposed to PlayStation doing it. I don't want a platform buying it. I think that's when it gets problematic because that's a platform. That's a storefront. They have a vested interest in, a, like, disrupting, messing with, altering the plans and the delivery of the games. I believe that's what happened with with Starfield. And I wouldn't want Sony doing it. Do something that's symbiotic, something that's organic, something that results in good developer growth and quality of a product coming out. Do you really feel like ZeniMax getting purchased by Microsoft? Did that benefit us? Did we get better games? Did we? Is, is, is Starfield better because they were owned by Microsoft? I don't think so. I think there's measurable problems with Starfield, and you could point your finger right at the Series S. You could probably make a pretty objective, non-subjective, non-opinion, an objective argument that ZeniMax being purchased by Microsoft harmed the quality of the games that we got. Now, I don't include Redfall because Redfall's, you know, the post-mortem on Redfall was, that's on ZeniMax. They wanted them to build a game they had no interest in building. I don't I don't hang that around Microsoft's neck. But when I look at Starfield, I think I think you could measure this and say that we didn't we got a worse game. We we didn't get the game they were planning on building. Which is why when I look at Sony, I'm like, don't start doing the same thing. Don't start grabbing a bunch of studios and publishers just because you want to keep things off of Xbox, and then we end up potentially getting worse games because of it.
Okay, let me schedule this. Today is the 16th. Okay, I'm going to schedule this for tomorrow. And then I back it up. And then I back it up. I got We're going to be going to this video in eight minutes. It's everything Xbox owns after a B K. Everything they own. All right. And then we're going to go to a debrief after, which I'm going to schedule that debrief. Creatures sending me a thumbnail momentarily. Um. Any any minute now, I'll have that. And then don't forget, if you upgrade to Member Plus, you can come to the end of the day segment called the Writer's Room, where we plan the next day. Guru to say if Zenimax had much influence from Xbox, only two years. Most game developments, five years. I've broken this down before. Phil Spencer said that they were able to flood... Bethesda with developers to help and they were earlier in development than Redfall what what does that even mean why would he say that I'll tell you why he said that because they walked in the room and disrupted the process and it was earlier in development after Microsoft stepped in I think they lost work. I think they lost time. And I think that's why the impetus for sending people to help Bethesda. Why would Bethesda suddenly need help with Starfield? Why? Why? What happened? What changed? I'll tell you what changed. The platform that it was getting shipped to changed. The requirements of of performance and parity was suddenly pushed on to them I got six minutes creature I'm I'm do I have did you think you sent it I'm I'm just gonna schedule it without a thumb I guess true witty with a two spot you're putting me against the wall here I got six minutes to schedule and redirect um um yeah I don't I here let me go I'll go to this one reuse settings uh let's see Everything Xbox own. Debrief. The one from the other day with Call of Duty will suit us will suit us just fine. You got me one? There we go. I'm busy? I know. I know you're busy. I usually don't hound you, but I'm I'm getting up against like literal time. I can't change time itself. You know? I can do a lot of things, but I can't change the fact that in five minutes it's noon, <laughs> and the premiere is going to need rescheduled <laughs> if, I, if I if I don't get it scheduled here. All right, twelve fifteen for the oh no 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 unlisted unlisted twelve fifteen. I remembered. I remembered. <laughs> oh golly, there we go. Okay, let me set this up. Redirect. Go there. And save that. And let me switch this to that. Hopefully you guys don't get a notey for me switching that. At least that's how it's been working. We've been setting things up in a way so that you should not be getting so many notifications as members. 
Lono worried about time. Hey, 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 Diaz. You, you watch yourself. You watch yourself, Diaz. <laughs> you watch yourself, sucker. All right. I owe you guys 20 members. If we get another 15, I'll owe you 25. You guys can continue gifting members even when we go even when we go to this premiere, but I always give the members in the premiere. I give you the maximum amount of time to hit this, hit these goals. You guys move the line today closer to the next milestone and the 2,500 goal that we have. If you've never been here before, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on my content. That actually increases the likelihood of you getting a gifted. Uh, if you can't do a membership, that's a great way to support the channel is just to smash like Get us to 500 likes. We could easily get 50 more likes on this video. No problem. <clears throat> Yo, a single from Cat Uncle. He says, come on, y'all. We can quickly do this. He's like, don't leave it dangling there that close. Don't leave it dangling there. Thank you so much, Cat Uncle. And it goes to Vipple Doshi. Your analysis of Sony can't afford T2, uh, take two is false, brother. It's just not cash sales. If Take-Two shareholders voted and want to sell to Sony, then it can and would happen. Sony's bid on Fox was $50 billion. I don't think they can financially do it because of my own research into how much they've allocated for uh, acquisitions is so much lower than what Take-Two's asking price would be, Ted. I, 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 don't, think you're, I don't think you're hearing what I said in in the in the in the context of the background behind it sony can't financially sony cannot financially buy take 2 because the asking price would be so much higher than what they have allocated for acquisition i don't i don't think i don't think so i don't see it happening i also feel like it would be a terrible terrible decision the risk involved would be insane Sony is going to bid almost $25 billion. Yeah, I don't think so. They've allocated, what, $13 billion maybe? Half of what they'd need? And I don't even think they're going for acquisitions. I think they're going to be going for, like, individual pieces of property and deals on things that'll be better for their platform. Not like, let's just go buy the biggest fish on the market. The The risk that that, that would put them in, I think, would be incredibly rough. I feel like that would be, like, tectonic. Take-Two has NBA 2. Okay, Cash Cow, good luck getting that for cheap. Yeah, I I think that'd be bad. Okay, in one minute, we're going to go over there. Listen, listen. If you guys bring the heat and do 14 more members in this premiere, I'll make good, and I'll do another five, all right? Let's go over to this premiere. This is literally a rundown of all the games and franchises that Xbox now owns, and I give my commentary on what they might do with that, what they might resurrect. Let's head over to the premiere. I'll put a link in chat. You will also get redirected. If you don't get redirected, it'll be the featured video on my channel. And then to everybody who got a membership today, you can debrief with us after the premiere. So let's all go to the premiere. I'll be over there in the chat hanging out and gifting members. All right, I'll see you guys over there.